You're listening to the Gospel Project for Preschool and Kids Weekly Leader Training. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Gospel Project for Kids Leadership Training Podcast. My name is Delaney Williams and I am joined by my co-host Landry Holmes. And during this episode of the podcast, we are going to talk about Unit 4, Session 3, and that's titled, God Parted the Red Sea. We're going to find our story for this week in Exodus 13 through 15. So we'll be covering a few chapters with this story. And so when we think about the big idea of this session, we want to remember that God led the people toward the Red Sea on purpose to once again show his incredible power and provision for Israel. God hardened Pharaoh's heart again so that he would give chase. You know, the parting of the Red Sea was not a contingency plan. The people were afraid and they feared for their lives, but Moses reminded them that God would fight for them. God has already fought our greatest battle with sin through Jesus' death and resurrection. God made the way to himself when there was no way. And so as we, as we look deeper into this session and think about different activities that as we're preparing for them, I want to go ahead and talk about some of the activities that we're going to be having in our preschool resources. That may, These activities may need a little extra prep time or just some helpful hints. And so looking at our babies and toddlers activities, as you teach the babies this week, as you're talking about the Red Sea and all, you may also want to use the word water rather than sea, because if, if you have the younger, more, the younger toddlers and all, that may be an easier word for them to understand than the word sea, just because they know what they know and they understand what water is is and on so make sure to communicate that the sea is made up of water and when you when you're using or whenever you're teaching the activities make sure to use the bible story picture it's, they each week they communicate the bible story really well but especially this one for this session does a great job of visually communicating to the babies all the way up through our preteens of um, the Bible story. And so make sure to use that in all of the activities. And then also, um, so that's with our, with our babies and toddlers. Also something to remember that they are going to be painting. So it's called Red Sea Oil Painting. And remember, a little paint goes a long way. So you don't have to fill up the plastic bags completely with the red paint. And so we've all been there, Rod Landry. Delaney, are you, are you talking to me? Are you pointing that out to me? Well, I wish to, I have the, I have this philosophy, especially when it comes to, if I'm cooking and seasoning the food I'm cooking, you know, my idea is if a little's good, a lot's better, but you're saying that is not the case here. I, I would say so, especially when it comes to painting with toddlers. Or babies, you know, that <laughs> all right, all right, or preschoolers or kids for that. That a little, it's it's easier to add a little more paint than to take paint away, right? 
And so, but the fact, I want to commend our teachers for using paint with preschoolers because we know sometimes it can be messy, but you know, a lot of these boys and girls may not have the opportunity to paint at home. And so philosophy of mine as whenever, you know, as I teach preschoolers is it's okay to be messy. That will clean up. It's all about the child's experience and the process of learning through that. And so um, it's going to be a fun activity for them. So that wasn't directed towards you. I just knew that you would, <laughs> you would be okay. able to identify with that. And so, yes, I definitely can identify. I need to be more careful about how much paint I give kids. <laughs> so you know, they also in babies and toddlers are going to be doing an activity called blow painting, and it's it's similar to one that we're going to be doing in younger preschool called Paint with Wind. And so this is something that you want to try out prior to the session. You want to, you'll need to water down the paint. So you want to make sure that you get the correct consistency because you want to make sure there's not too much on the paper. So when they blow it through a straw that it's going to go all over the paper or off the paper. And so you need to try that before Sunday to help. That will help you to be able to guide the activity and have that right consistency of paint. Also, make sure that each child has her own straw for this activity. You know, Langer, even before you start this activity with the paint, it would be a good idea to just let them have the straw and practice blowing through the straw because when you think about it, that's going to be a new experience for these preschoolers because many times when they have it, they are, you know, using it to drink liquid. So they're not blowing through. Well, of course, we know sometimes they do, you know, they may with milk or make bubbles in their drinks. Oh, oh yes. Making bubbles with milk in a straw. I mean, there's nothing like it. Right. But it would be good to go ahead and practice with them before using any of the paint and um, that's going to help them understand how to do this activity and so um, you also want to make sure that they don't well and delany mm -hmm. that's that's also a good reason to make sure your paint is non-toxic i mean you don't want them sucking up paint but you always want to make sure it's non-toxic so that's a that's a given but just just to make sure our listeners remember then you don't have Great too point. much if they you know, you still don't right. want them drinking, drinking paint. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. And so. Or eating Play-Doh or whatever it is. <laughs> right. We want it to be a safe experience for them. So whenever they're doing this activity, make sure that they're not too close to it so they don't get the paint in the straw and in their mouth. So exactly what we're talking about. And so as they're doing this activity, make sure that you're talking through the Bible story, reminding them about everything that happened and just a reminder to our teachers that especially this activity is more about the process and not the final product of their art and so just remember that enjoy it encourage them as they're doing this activity and so that i'm that's going to be a fun activity for them as well and so moving on to our older preschool activities there is an activity where they are going to be reading in a tent. And so you want to set up a child-sized tent. You know, if, if your church did Destination Dig Vacation Bible School this summer, 
More than likely, you have one of the child-sized tents that was used during Destination Dig. So this would be a great opportunity to bring that back out. As a reminder for safety, make sure that no adult is alone with children inside the tent and make sure that the tent stays open and that preschoolers are visible at all times. And so if you need additional books on nature for this activity, you may need to check some out from your local library. Then moving on Delny, to- if I, I keep interrupting you. I, I'm sorry. Um, That's fine. But hey, what, what if I don't have a tent, but I still want to do this activity? Can I still do it? Yes, I think you could also use a bed sheet. Just a plain bed sheet and drape it over some chairs or a table and then you have yourself a tent. All right. And so that that's a great point, Landry, that if if you don't have a child sized tent, there are other options that you can do. And so, yes. And if you don't have a extra bed sheet, maybe you have an extra blanket that you can use as well. And so there is also another activity called Create a Nature Book. And so as you look at the weather forecast um, of your location or maybe where your church is located, you may say, you know, we're not going to be able to go outside um, for this activity. And so if that's the case for your situation, you may want to gather nature items from somewhere else before the session to bring those in. And just remember to to have an allergy alert anytime you are exploring those nature items. And then another activity I wanted to bring up for older preschool is called Pack for a Move. So teachers, you will probably want to bring some extra clothes or duffel bags or small rolling suitcases from home that you'll be able to use for this activity to help them as they are packing for a move. And then the final activity I wanted to bring your attention to is in our preschool worship, and that is build walls with blocks. And so we suggest in the curriculum to use cardboard blocks for this activity. And reason why, so as they're building, if they fall, we want to make sure that they're not going to injure a child. So make sure that during this activity, the walls aren't being built too high to if they fall, that they would be able to injure a child. So you want to make sure that you prevent any injuries or any safety issues with that. So Landry, we have lots of fun activities that we talked about with our preschool activities. What, what are some of the fun activities we have for our kids this week? Well, for younger kids, uh, one of the session starters uses milk as part of a science experiment so it's not designed for children to actually drink the milk but if you you know there's always that kid if you turn your back they're gonna drink the milk or whatever so just go ahead and make sure that you have an allergy alert so parents are aware that there is milk in the room because some kids may be allergic to it and then of course try to get the kids not to taste it but also, I would suggest that you buy an unopened carton of milk from the store. Don't bring the one you have from your house that may have, maybe it'll expired. Not that you would keep any milk expired in anybody's refrigerator. But if it's clabbered, don't don't use it. So, that's way too much information on milk. Sorry about that. 
Also, there's an activity choice in younger kids, the option that calls for balloons. And if your kids, you know, you may have kids that have a latex allergy, so consider latex-free balloons or just do latex-free balloons anyway, whether or not you know they have allergies or not. That way you cover all your all your bases. So, you know, <clears throat> by the way, Delany, I need to explain why I interrupted you so much just because I don't have a whole lot to talk about today. So, see, I had to interrupt you so that I could, could you know, be heard a little bit. I appreciate that very much because we need we need that back and forth and you need to make sure that you have time talking as well and it's not just all preschool or all me talking. Well, you know, it's, it, it's also just kind of seeing how you would handle it and model it because you're going to have children and preschoolers interrupt you continually in your session. So, you know, I'm just, I'm just giving you opportunities to hone your skills of handling interruptions from kids. There you go. I like that. I like that. Yeah, I just made that up. So, also, another thing that I wanted to comment on is in the kids' worship. Now, I know a lot of our folks may not use the kids' worship hour add-on or the midweek add-on, but we like to talk about those here, Delaney, just because we do have lots of people that do use them. And also just to let you be aware of these resources that are available. Uh, there's an additional activity in kids' worship for this particular session called Focus on God. The suggestion in the leader material talks about taping two toilet paper tubes, empty toilet paper tubes together to make binoculars. But just, you know, remember, you could you could take a paper towel tube and cut it in half. That's what I've done before on making my binoculars. Paper towel tube, cut it in half. And our wrapping paper tubes. Now, some wrapping paper tubes are not real tubes. I don't know if you've noticed and maybe it's just the kind of wrapping paper I buy, but some of those wrapping paper tubes aren't tubes. It's rolled up, heavyweight paper in the middle. Did you know that, Delaney? You probably did. buy the good, good paper. Yeah, you probably buy the good paper. Well, I buy the cheap paper. You know what I was thinking of is when I served on church staff, we actually had a company that was close by that would make those mailing tubes, and so we called them and asked them, hey, you know. Could we buy some at a inexpensive price type thing just because they were very sturdy tubes? And we knew that, you know, this would be something that maybe would last longer than a day, you know, for kids and whenever we're making uh-huh. these activities. And so we ended up purchasing those. Like I said, they're like, they were the gift wrap paper size. And then we had the guys, some people in our church that had a saw and then they were able to cut them for us. And everything, and so oh, that, that's a great idea. So I mean, we had we didn't have to buy cardboard tubes maybe once every year, or you know, because we would could buy them in bulk. But anyway, I know not everyone's able to do that, but that was something that worked for us, and it really wasn't that big of an expense. And when you look at overall, it was worth it to be able to have those sturdier tubes. Sure. Yeah, that's a great idea. And you may not have a place close to your church that you can do that, but, you know, you, you can probably go to like a craft store or a mailing, a, a, a place that, a store that specializes in mailings and get them from, from there. Let's see. You know what? I think that's all the activities that, that I wanted to uh, comment on. But I do want to talk about 
a little bit from as we teach this to kids and to elementary elementary kids in particular is it is easy in a story like this to get caught up in the sensationalism of the Red Sea was parted and you know and and if you're if you're my generation you remember the classic Ten Commandments movie and how that happened and even even and that was back before we have all the special effects we have in movies now and you know but even you you're thinking about all that and getting all the sensationalism there you can get caught up in the sensationalism of what happened to the Egyptians but the the point of this story is not that the Red Sea parted the point of the story is that God provided for His people by parting the Red Sea and you you already mentioned that but. This was something only God could do. And I also got to thinking just just now, really, that in the in the passage, the Bible specifically says that God drove the sea back with a powerful east wind. You know, maybe help the kids just kind of visualize and feel this is this wasn't just a breeze. This wasn't just an ocean breeze. This was a strong wind that God used and his power to part the sea so that they could walk across. How again, but we don't want to just we don't want to focus on the sensationalism of this. We want to focus on God's power. God parted this sea. Why did God do it? He demonstrated his power and a proper response to his power and to his wondrous works is demonstrated in how the Israelites celebrated and sang and danced and celebrated and and told others what he is, you know, and, and, and planned to tell their children and their children's children about what had happened. And we need to be that excited about God's wondrous works. We may not see God part the Red Sea, but we see God's work every day. And we need to be excited about that and sing and dance and celebrate. I don't dance, so I guess I'd have to just dance in my mind. But sing and dance and celebrate what God has done and tell others what he has done. So it's, it, I think it's very important to focus on God's power. God did this, and the Israelites responded in proper response with the way that they worshiped the Lord. It's a good word, Landry, and you know, Really, there's not much for me to add on to that. Like you said, God showed his power. He did something that no one else could do. And two, he kept his promise to deliver his people. And I think all of that, especially what all you said, is important for us to remember as we're teaching the boys and girls. And that we remember as teachers too, and we understand that. And so it becomes even more um, explicit in our teaching and that overflow from our teaching because we believe it ourselves and so that we help boys and girls to understand it as well as we teach. And so to our listeners, we want to thank you very much for listening to today's episode of the podcast. We hope you have found it helpful as you prepare to teach the Gospel Project for Kids in Preschool. Thanks for listening to this week's leader training for the Gospel Project for Preschooling Kids. For more resources to help you focus your ministry on the gospel, please visit gospelproject.org.
www.thinkandgrowthpodcast.com.